everyone. Welcome to the show. This week's episode is brought to you by Daisy May Hat Co., the custom hat company based in Nashville, Tennessee. They make custom one-of-a-kind hats from wide-brimmed fedoras to cowboy hats. All of their hats are 100% beaver felt, and it's the highest quality hat you can get. They also have the coolest shirts ever. You can use the code BRASS at checkout for 15% off your entire order. Go and check out daisymayhats.com. Embrace the fever. Live the dream. Brought to you by Combat Flip Flops. Bad for running and even worse for fighting. Combat Flip Flops are your ticket to the unarmed forces by providing you with military-inspired quality footwear for men and women. To help support the podcast and in support of women in developing countries, head over to combatflipflops.com and become a part of their unarmed forces today. Be sure to use the code UNITY at checkout and get 25% off. And brought to you by GFDA. Good fucking design advice. The voice in your head and the foot up your ass. GFDA makes prints, drinkware, and apparel for people who want to do their fucking best. Go and use the code UNITY and get 10% off now on anything on their site, including our collaborative product, Fucking Help Somebody. So we were saying how this is the world's smallest podcast. And yes. It's because, it's because I have Josh Bridges on the show, guys. <laughs> Hi. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, yeah, we can do that. I'm, I mean, I know we can not, do that. He says, yeah, we can do that. I can be the, we can, this can be the world's shortest podcast. I'm up, I'm up for that. He's like, okay, bye bitch. One of these. <laughs> nah, no, no, I'm good. Um, thanks for coming on, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, uh, just, uh, dropped the, the boys off for school and now just, you know, here to party. Here to party. I like it. I like the attitude. It's solid. And you yeah. were just talking that you have two boys. Mm -hmm. yes. How old are they now? 11 and nine. Um, so sixth grade and fourth grade, fourth grade. And it is, uh, it's fun. It's, it's different than you, you having a five-year-old, which is uh, five is tough. I think I feel like, <laughs> I felt like three to three to three to five is where it was really difficult because they just, uh, they become little monsters or little terrorists, like you said. And yeah. Uh, yeah. After that, they kind of start to, at least mine have definitely started to become like little men and they want to do their own thing sometimes and they want to hang out with their buddies. And so, um, yeah, five was just, five was difficult or any, that age group that you have is, it's tough. Yeah. He's at that point now where, I mean, we've been, I don't know, we've been pretty lenient on him. We've made him a very independent kid from a stupidly young age. Mm -hmm. Not because we were irresponsible, but because we gave him opportunity and we said, hey, you want to try to cook? Do you want to try to do this? Do you want to learn how to do this? He got a hatchet on his fourth birthday. He was so excited. Nice. And so he he loves taking responsibility for his for his life. And at that age, I I'm so grateful because he gets up by himself in the morning. He We'll make himself, he'll get his stuff out for breakfast. He knows not to cook, but he'll get it out and lay it out for you. You'll be ready and um, he'll stage it. He'll come, he'll sit and he'll play with his Lego and he'll, you'll come down. The fire will be on. He'll be chilling. And you're like, what's up, bro? <laughs> He's like, I got up at five today. And I was like, yep, it's better than four. Like yesterday. Yeah. Early bird gets the worm. He's like, he's like, go get her. I need, I need your son to come over and teach my kids how to do breakfast because yeah, we, we haven't gotten to that stage yet. They're still. Oh. Reliant on dad for everything on that, oh, kind of, no. that aspect. Besides, actually, oh, no. not my nine year old is a little more independent. He, he's always been independent. He actually learned to tie his shoes before the older one did, just because he, he's like, he likes to do his own stuff. And so, but the 11 year old is all about 
everyone just doing everything for him. So, well, I mean, he's the first, he's the, he's the baby. He's the first baby. He's like, yeah. the, we'll dote on you. I mean, if we had, <laughs> if we had two, the second would be left to its own devices. I'd be like, listen, I know that you'll figure it out. Right. You'll be it's fine. So, it's so true. The second one, I mean, the first one, when they're, when they're crying immediately, you're like running into the room and yeah. like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? Don't the, second die. One, the second one, you're like, eh, let's give him an hour. He'll be all right. If he stops, yeah. if he's not done crying by then, maybe I'll go check on him. Yeah. I love that. Cause you say it with such conviction because you know, yeah, it's, oh, so yeah. True. it's so true. Like the second one, you're just like, eh, I think he's going to be all right. It doesn't sound like he's in pain right now. I think he just wants something. Yeah. You just want something. That's a, it's a fantastic thing to see when parents get to that point because the calm <laughs> happens a little bit. So it's, it's nice that you get it. Um, so I knew, I kind of found out about you. I actually didn't know you were in the military first. I mm. found it about you through the CrossFit deal and yeah. I am not a CrossFitter. So don't <laughs> ask me if I am. We can't, we can't have that exchange. We can't have that conversation. Okay. That's fine. No, but I do, I do triathletes and I, I'm a triathlete. So I do other things. I'm active. Leave me alone. I just don't hey, lift as much heavy. Of, yeah, no, it's the CrossFit does all of it. So it's all right. I, and I understand triathletes. I, I run, I swim, I bike. I enjoy all those things. Yeah. So there's, I don't know, my shoulder's not attached. It just doesn't appreciate. It's actually not. So it doesn't appreciate heavy weights. So it's I not, can see that. Yeah. It's not ideal. Um, but I found out about you because I had been watching, I think like a lot of people, Netflix, and mm. I saw the, the world CrossFit. I don't remember the exact title of it, but it was the first time they did the recording of the CrossFit games. And I watched it and I fucking was obsessed. Yeah. It's really cool. They, yeah. Yeah. It was fun. The, um, are you talking, it was a 2016 documentary. I think one? so. The first, I think that was the first one because CrossFit didn't, that was around 2005 to 2007. Is that when it really started? And then the first games happened. The first game started in 2007 and then, okay. uh, yeah, it, it slowly got bigger and bigger and bigger. The first one was literally like a barbecue at a ranch at, in, <laughs> in uh, Romas, California. Oh. And then now it's, you know, what it is where these athletes are, crushing it and making you know three hundred thousand dollars for winning the games and um it's really cool to see it's it's been a cool evolution of the sport of crossfit um because i've started doing i actually started doing crossfit to prepare myself for the for the navy really that was what I, that was what i used it for i didn't use it to become an athlete um so i've been doing it since like oh five and then oh seven was the first games and so yeah i just uh, a buddy of mine told me about it uh i was a a loan officer doing mortgages and wanting to, uh, you know, not, not enjoying life whatsoever at the time. Um, and he told me, he's like, Hey, I, I'm going to go try to be a Navy SEAL. And I use this state. Uh, some of these guys have used this stuff called CrossFit to prepare for it. And I was like, okay, cool. At the time I really, I, I'd wrestled in college and uh, been out of shape for a few years because I was letting myself go just, you know, doing the, uh, business side of things and mm -hmm. not, not really working out very much. And, uh, I found, I was like, Hey, I'll give it a shot with you. And so I started doing CrossFit in 05 and fell in love and, uh, used it to prepare for my military time and then got lucky and it became a sport and it got big enough and I had the opportunity to go compete. So what did, okay. So do you come from a military background? In like, like your family, family sense. No, yeah, like do no. You no, nobody in my family was military. None. Uh, my family was actually <laughs> like all pipe fitters. Uh, so union guys, trades um, people's. Yeah. Yeah. Trades guys. And so like that, like I, 
I had no even I didn't even know what a Navy SEAL was when my buddy told me about it in 2005. <laughs> they had no idea. I was like, Navy SEAL, what's that? You know, kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, I had always kind of wanted to do something in the military uh, just from watching movies and wanting to challenge myself. I always liked challenges and I was always a very competitive person. I had an older brother growing up and I mean, everything we did was sports. We, we played sports growing up like that was it um, wasn't a big person in school I wasn't the the smartest guy when it came to my um academics uh just really cared about sports and drinking and partying that was about it and then you know did you um did you find with uh doing sports and things like that that kind of because I know a lot of the it seems like a lot of the people that I have conversations with that seem to be successful in almost any aspect of their life seem to credit sport as a key component to their ability and in, in being successful later down the road. Yeah. I think certain sports, um, they just help bring out qualities in people. And, uh, I, I found wrestling in eighth grade, um, and wrestling was kind of the sport I chose to continue with in college. I loved it. I, I had a love hate relationship with wrestling. It was, you know, when you got to wrestle matches and go live, I loved it. Like drilling, practicing, it sucked. It was a really hard sport. And the thing I did like about it was that I had no one else to rely on. It was always just me. And so that, you know, built that discipline. And um, it was something that actually the same thing that what you're saying is something that I've heard over the years is how uh, most professional athletes that I've met either wrestled or wish that they had wrestled. And, um, you know, so I got my kids involved in wrestling at a young age, but I, I just, uh, I felt like it did. It built a lot of character. It built, um, it, it made me focus on holding myself accountable, uh, when things went bad and being able to, and figuring out how to fix them and not pointing the finger at something else or like being able to like, Oh, I didn't get I, like, this didn't happen because that person or this happened or whatever. It's like, no, you got to wrestling was definitely a sport where you, you hold yourself accountable. Like you didn't practice hard enough. You didn't learn the right skills. Like then you're probably not going to, you're probably not going to win the match. So yeah, sports uh, definitely helped develop me as a person. It's funny. Cause it's individual sport, right? It's, it's that I get there's, I know there's, I know there's tons of useful information that comes from being on a team. I, I get yeah. it. I really struggle with that though. When it comes to <laughs> sport though, with sport though, because yeah. there is different levels. You're only as strong as your weakest player across the board. And so I knew at a young age that was going to be a big issue for me when I played team sports. So I did yeah. Taekwondo for a very long time instead, because you, you have you to rely on. If you don't drill, right. You don't train, right. You don't prepare. You're just going to get your face kicked in. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Combat sports are a tough, I, and I tell my kids that, you know, I'm like, it's a tough sport to not be good at. Right. So if you're going to do this, you're going to, you're going to want to put the effort in because yeah. <laughs> if you're not good at a combat sport, like all you do is you get your ass kicked over and over and over again. And it's not fun. And that's yeah. why most, and that's why most people don't stick to those types of sports, right? They'll come in, they'll try it. They'll test it. They'll get their ass kicked once. And they're like, I don't like this anymore. I think I'm going to go do something else like play basketball or play baseball where I can, I can kind of, you can cut, yeah, you can kind of hide somewhere, right? And like be okay and still be a part of the team. Yeah. And that's fine. Look, I'm all for team sports. Again, I'm, Same. I'm all for it. There's a yeah. lot of useful information, but I think there's, um, there's something to be said for being testing yourself as an individual athlete mm -hmm. first to really find 
who you are and your capabilities and how far you can push and then taking those skills and implementing them with a team. That's often when you see the individuals, at least I personally found the people that end up being captains of things or team leaders or whatever. Those are more, they've had a individual background where they've had to rely on their skill set, And that's really fascinating to kind of compare and see. And, and frankly, not to like poke fun, but legitimately being small in a, I'm going to smash your face in sport. You have to be good. You just do. I mean, for wrestling, was there because I don't know the ins and outs in wrestling. So forgive my ignorance, but being bigger, I, I have that concept of like big tree fall hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love your well, face, by the way. <laughs> uh, well, I guess in wrestling, it's there's weight classes, right? I think. Okay. In, so I didn't know the extent. I thought it was age groups. I didn't know it was weight. Yeah, no, it's weight classes. Oh, okay. It is weight classes. And so, yeah, it's not, <laughs> um, you're not like, I'm not wrestling a guy who weighed 20, 30 pounds bigger than me, uh, more than me. You know, it was, you were wrestled, you had to, you had to make weight on the day of your matches and stuff like that. So, it, you know, it, it's still, but yes, you're right. Like you still have to, as a smaller athlete, you know, th those guys were the fast ones. They were always so quick and fast and like, you could rely on strength a little bit, but I mean, those guys were just so squirmy, you know, they just like, they're lanky. yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> the, it, like the body types definitely, um, it made you wrestle or a certain way. So like, I hated wrestling tall, skinny guys. They were like so bony and like you'd shoot in and you hit your head on their hip bone or something, you know, you'd be like this, I don't like this. And then, or they could just wrap you up like a pretzel, like really quick because their arms are so damn long. But uh, yeah, no, I it's fun. And I would play into that yeah. a lot. But you're, you're right. That point that you just made about how uh, it's cool to watch a kid go, you know, play an individual sport and then go into a team aspect because my son decided to quit wrestling 11 years old, broke my heart. Not really, but oh, you know, but kind of, though. and then he, uh, and he chose basketball of all sports. Oh, you know? no. like, you're like, I'm like, yeah. And, and to be honest, so I'm really glad that he did because he's doing awesome and he's like thriving in it. And he's uh, he, and like you said, he's one of the better athletes on the court and he's like a little court commander and he's never played basketball. Yeah. And I'm like, this kid is out here crushing it. He's never played this sport. You know what I mean? Obviously we played in the backyard, which, but doesn't mean anything, but he doesn't really know like the ins and outs of basketball yet, but he's still out there like telling other kids what to do. And just, it was, it's really cool to see. And I, you know, I agree with you completely that I think that individual sport as a, as a wrestler, since he was five years old has definitely helped push him along and, and just make him a more confident athlete. Well, if you just think about the logistics behind a team sport at a young age, I mean, there's always the coach is telling them what to do. There is really no thinking for yourself or input. You're learning soccer. I mean, like my son, we took, we tried him too early. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's, that was part of the issue. We took him too early because mom did everything early. Dad did everything early. I was like, you do everything early. And that right. didn't work that way. And so, you know, anyway, so we tried it and it was like, you watched him and he was like, he was waiting for people to think for him. And I was like, no, I, no, I don't like this. You need to, you need to go play by yourself. I need you to go turn it on click it in gear. Let's go. Because I know it's there. I've seen it. But when you, when I put him in a team store right off the bat, it was like, and then we did jujitsu and mommy put him in a, in an arm bar. And he was like, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Throwing your five-year-old into the, into the fire.
Dude, he got the he got put in a full choke um, when he was four, and that daddy did it. I have a picture, and it wasn't Tilly. We made him tap. He said, "You want to keep hitting? We're gonna hit. We're gonna wrestle. We're gonna hit." So anyway, we did it, and we have a picture of it. And I posted it, and yeah. oh no! <laughs> I said, "Listen, this was just for fun. Chill yeah. out." Oh, but, people, people love to tell you how to be a parent. That's for sure. Isn't that's that the like, best? It's the best. Like, gosh, well, I just remember like walking into a, a grocery store and some woman being like, why does your son not have socks on? I'm like, why are you worried about my fucking son's <laughs> socks right now? Why don't you worry about what you got in your grocery cart? Get the fuck out of here. You know, like, it's so ridiculous. America. Yeah, so exactly. intrusive. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That's okay. I listen. I had plenty of that when I was younger. I used it's to right. travel in the states, so I get it. It's fine. Yeah, it's, it I is. look like a twelve-year-old boy. People used to be like, "Why is your son?" My dad would be like, "Daughter, what the <laughs> fuck? Who are you? Like, who says this shit?" <laughs> but that's a different. That's a different thing. Anyway, my point is, yeah, I th- I'm glad that um, I'm glad that individual. I'm, I'm glad that you're seeing that with individual sport and the value of that. Obviously, you being an individual sport athlete, but then taking that CrossFit mentality of I'm the only one that can lift this or as Goggin says, who's going to carry the boats, Josh is because he's the only guy. And so you did it, you, you lifted it and you did everything and you were able to compete at that level. And then you took that over to being a Navy SEAL. What was that like? Because again, you can't tell me that your height advantage didn't affect, I'm not trying to poke at wounds here, man. But I think it's important to acknowledge that there's, it's a, it's a different thing. When somebody like Marcus Capone went to buds, it's a different fucking thing. And I know, cause I stood against him last week and realized how small I really was. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know who Marcus is. Maybe, maybe he's, I do. And I just don't, how tall Seal is he? team six. Uh, he's oh, a seal okay. team six. He does vet solutions and him and Amber Capone. He's, but he's, Honestly, the I think he's got to be at least six four. He has to be. Okay. Yeah. yeah he's big, just big a, guy. Yeah. Just I've, a I've big. Been, yeah. Like a lot of a lot of my buddies in the teams were all like you know six. I had a couple that were six six, uh, six three, six four. You know, they're all there's some big guys, but there was also a lot of small guys. Like I mean, I was de- when I graduated, buds. I was definitely the shortest guy um, in the boat cruise. I was five. I'm five five you know, on a, on a, on a tall day, whatever you want to when call you it. Roll that, roll when, that back out. <laughs> yeah, right. When I, when I stand up straight, I guess. Um, but yeah, like it, 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 it was never something that the only thing that it, I think it helped drive me to where I never wanted to be the kid who couldn't do the things that I needed to do because of my size. Right. I never right. wanted to be the weak one. Um, and to be honest, like I never was like, I, I, my legs were always really strong. I would pick up guys who weighed 240 pounds off the ground and I would carry them however far I needed to carry them. And, uh, when we did, you know, down man drills, I'd be the guy who'd be carrying dudes for miles because I just, it was, it was, I always wanted to have strong legs. And I was like, I'm never going to be the weak link. I'll never be the weak link for anybody just because of my size, because I'm five, five, I don't care. Um, and I wasn't. And so I, I made it a very, a, a point of it. And I think that yeah, obviously being a wrestler and, and having that type of background and mentality, just, uh, it definitely thrived. And so the still teams was, and I actually did, um, I don't know if I didn't do CrossFit first. So it was, uh, actually 
Well, I use CrossFit as a, uh, like as, as a, a training tool, as a training use, tool. Right. Yes. I use it as a training tool. I didn't compete in CrossFit actually until I was in the military. And so it was actually in between my first and second deployment. Um, I was able to compete, uh, because the events just lined up with my schedule and the military. And so, right. um, and then at 15 got out of the military and then continued to, uh, compete for a few more years. Oh, you got in in 15, that recent. I got out in 15. Yeah, that's out. not that long oh, ago. Oh, yeah, 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 no, I got out, uh, yeah, my last year in um, in the SEAL teams was in tw- uh, October of 15 is when I got out. How many deployments did you end up doing? Three. So I went to Iraq twice and Afghanistan once. Oh, okay. Because yeah. that's, it's, it, when it comes to <clears throat> SEALs, you know, when you're, when you're having a conversation with them, if there isn't a lot, that's not really like something that's hugely well known. I feel like about you because you are so you you have such a focus, or there is such a focus on you in in CrossFit. And I I'm all, I didn't realize that was that recent. It kind of kind of taken back. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize you like not just got out, but you kind of just yeah, got out six, six years ago. Yeah, a little over six years ago. Or um, yeah, I, I was something I didn't. I never like I was very adamant about, you know, like not talking about my job in the military. I was okay with saying I'm in the military when I was in the military, when I was doing CrossFit. You know, being a SEAL, I I took pride in, you know, the silent professional um aspect of it. And uh so I, I really tried hard not to let it be known that I was a SEAL when I was just competing in CrossFit in the world. And that that was it was such a hard shift. Right. Because you go into a job at being a seal and yes, I know. And in, in the, it's not the quietest there are, there aren't the quietest seals out there. A lot of guys do like to put it out there and talk you about didn't, it. You didn't have your book written before you joined? My, my, yeah. My book wasn't written before I joined. <laughs> so uh, um, yeah, it was something I definitely took pride in like trying to, you'll never find a video or anything where I say I'm a Navy seal prior to after I got out. Once I oh, got wow. out, once I got out, I was okay with saying I'm a Navy SEAL. Before that, it was always just, I'm, yeah, I'm in the military. People would ask me about it. And in before inner interview that I did, I'd be like, we're not going to talk about me being a Navy SEAL. Like I knew people knew, but I was like, we're not going to talk about it. Um, I'll tell you I'm in the military and that's it. And so it was just something that I tried to, um, you know, I had my reasons for it and I didn't want to do it and I stuck to it. And it, you know. Oh, I respect you for it. I, I think that's incredible. I think it's a shock that it's not the first thing you say when you walk in the room. I mean, <laughs> like, let's be honest here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is what it is, dude. It's a different world now. It's a different time now. Um, it's not like it was where that was, you know, the quiet stayed quiet, you know, it, right, and that's yeah. fine. If you, I have no, I have like, who am I to fucking say anything? I got a fucking book. Like I'm a dick too. It's fine. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't put down anybody that does because guess what? It's, it's their life. And uh, we right. do live in, we live in, this amazing country that we have those freedoms that we, we, we can talk about the things as long as you're not talking about tactics and things like that. And don't get me wrong. Like if some people are going to tell you you're an asshole and some people are going to tell you you're great, it doesn't really matter. Um, you get to live your life how you want to live it. And right. uh, I had no issues with, I've never been the guy who's like, Oh, I hate the people who come out and talk about who they, what they did is their job in the military. Because tell you what, I think that so many people that do come out and they write these books and they, and, and they're, really just trying to give out good advice because there are so many good life lessons to learn from the military, your time in the military and like guys like Jocko and Andy who are 
putting this stuff out there. And th- those are two guys that, like I work, you know, Jocko was my, uh, he was the, the trade at CEO of my, um, my first platoon. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Andy was my buds instructor and he was also uh, came actually came to team three. His last deployment before he got out was my second, de- second deployment. And so, yeah, like, those guys, I looked up to them and they came out and when they did, it was a little, like Jocko was the biggest shock for me. I was like, Whoa, what's, what's happening here. But then he's put like, I'm listening to what he's putting out and all the stuff. And I'm like, man, this guy's it's, it's, it's great because all he's doing is putting out good information. Positive. It's, it's, it's positive movement. It's not um, eat the community from within. Like a lot of people do. It's, it's a very positive leadership based mentality. And there are few people doing it and they're it seems like they're doing it for right reasons and they're doing yeah. it in ways that are genuinely helping individuals individuals. And I know I've been lucky enough to go on Jocko and I sat across from the refrigerator. That is a human being. <laughs> right. The dinosaur. Did, yeah. The dinosaur and, and sat with him for five and a half hours. So I've, I understood how that could be a shock to the system when someone like that all of a sudden starts talking publicly because he so like, you know, you, you can't picture him like breaking any rule or like crossing any line or just being yeah. that guy. So, yeah. And then, and then you listen to it and it's not ego based at all. You know, it's all just, I want to put out this amazing information to help people be better leaders, be better people. And, uh, and they're, and they're all such great, you know, life experiences that he dealt with. It's not like all pounding his chest. Look at me, look at me. He's trying to help people. And it's, it's fucking great. Yeah. It's nice to see. It's nice to see, I guess, people trying, right? I just, it's nice to see people just trying to improve people, especially in our society today. We need as much self-improvement shit as we can get and we need people to absorb it. And that doesn't always work when it comes from a certain type of person. So having another person like that speak to it the way and with the intensity and weight that he does, it makes sense as to why it's successful. And I'm glad to see that. And he's, um, he's not a facade either. He's like, he is who he is. And it's so, it's so cool to see, like some people might think like, oh, this guy's just like playing a role or a character. And then like with Jocko, like I was, I was always the only, like when we were going training trips, no one worked out because we, what we did was tough shit. Yeah. And like, <laughs> but, I, but I would go and I would go work out in the mornings just because of who I was. It was just something that was like ingrained in me. I had to go get a workout in or I, I wouldn't like it. And who would I see walking away from the gym that he just finished as I walked up? It was fucking Jocko. And I'm like, I remember the first time be like, who the fuck is this guy? And like, why is he like getting done <laughs> with his workout? At, getting done with his workout at 6 a.m. as I'm walking up to it. You know, like this is crazy. So yeah. Yeah, there's those people. There's just those people. I fucking watch, <laughs> man. I tell you, it's like haunts, right. haunts my dreams. <laughs> oh, Not me. I, li- I like sleep. I don't have to get up early. But yeah, hey, no. Use your own. Yeah. Right. If that's what you want to do, you do you, bro. I love it. I am not doing it though. Yeah. I'm not doing it anymore. (laughs) No. Um, but no, that's great. I know Andy said yesterday, um, that's how you guys met was, uh, using your instructor and everything like that. And it's nice to see, it's nice to see people supporting people again within the community. I acknowledge it a lot because it's, um, there is fewer and far between as certain people exceed and grow in the space. Right. And, um, it's just nice to see others attempting to lift others as they go across. Um, so for you, I guess when you were, I mean, if, if we can pry a little bit, what was your position as a C? Like, what did you do predominantly that on, on deployment 
that you can like say? Because I know some people are breachers. I know some people are snipers. I know some people. Yeah, I was a, I was a breacher. I was a lead breacher. That was my primary role. Um, I was also a 48 gunner. Um, my both platoons actually, typically you're only a 48 gunner, your, your new guy platoon, your first platoon. Um, but we had a lot of new guys that came in our second platoon and they already had like, they were corpsmen and like corpsmen's not going to be a 48 gunner. So it's like, it was kind of like, <laughs> hey, not be a <laughs> hey, they're not going to be a 48 gunner. Those guys have other priorities and they, or they came in as comms guys and those guys aren't going to be 48 gunners because they're already carrying radios. And so it just kind of happened to where I had to carry a 48 both deployments, which I didn't mind at all. I loved it. Um, uh, so yeah, like it was, it was, uh, so I was a breacher and a, a 48 gunner. What was that like for you um, transitioning out of the military? Like, did you, you chose to leave? I'm, I'm under the assumption. Yeah. Yeah. I was, so I was in for eight and a half years, um, three deployments. And uh, at, at, so I, I got injured on my last deployment, fucking around being an idiot, just wrestling and uh, dislocated my, my knee, tore a lot of ligaments in my left knee. Um, so after my, that third deployment, I went over to a training command. Um, and while I was there, you know, loved it enjoyed that um was definitely it became a, a choice in 15 where i was like okay you can either go back to a platoon or get out and I, at that time i had two children you know i had a five-year-old and a, a three-year-old and i knew that if i went back into a platoon that yeah it was just going to be uh, a very selfish thing for me to do because i wasn't going to see my kids nearly as often as i'd like to have and gotten gotten to hang out with them and i had the opportunity with crossfit i knew that uh I'd already done, you know, fairly well and as a CrossFit athlete while being in still. And so it was like, all right, you can put your soul focus into this. And I had some, uh, I had a lot of great support through my, uh, my sponsors that allowed, basically allowed that to happen. And it, uh, it just went well. And I'm, I'm glad that it was tough to leave. It was hard to leave the, you know, the brotherhood of the teams and, and I definitely missed it. And I still do, um, you know, seeing those guys on a daily basis and just, you know, the fun that we had in the, in the suck and in the shit stuff scenarios that we put ourselves in. And then, um, but we just had, we always made a great time of it. And I love those guys. And uh, I met such great men and leaders and learned so much from it. But um, for me, it just became, you know, it was, do you want to continue to do that? And if I did, I was going to go, you know, career at that point, probably. And so I decided to, uh, you know, bow out and go and just give myself the opportunity to see more of my kids times growing up because I knew that they were only going to be that age once and I was only going to have so much time to watch them so it was um yeah in the end it was it was easy transition because I already had something set up if I didn't have right. that that crossfit um like scenario it, it would have been really hard and so I don't know, I don't know if I would have, I probably would have stayed in if I didn't have that already going. That's interesting how you, the thing that you use to prepare for the thing was the was thing that got you. <laughs> <That's> so... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what? I've never even thought of that the way you just put it, but yeah, you're right. The, how I prepared to go into something is, is the reason why I end up getting out of that, which what, what I use it to prepare for crazy. Boom. Look at those deep thoughts, huh? Deep thoughts. Deep what thoughts. Can I say I said that strictly <laughs> to my daily use of cannabis. So <laughs> I don't listen. That was the thing that saved me after. And so I talk about it in like such respect. So I'm glad that that's a cool way. I'm glad that you could look at it that way. Cause it is interesting when you, 
when you kind of chart back or you look back at your life, when people, let's say people like you, people who are able to achieve something almost to everything that you do, you're achieving to the pinnacle of like you, you're not like, I'm going to join the military and you go be a clerk. Like, listen, <laughs> clerks are great. We need a lot of them. Yeah. No shade, little right. shade, no shade though. <laughs> but then there's also, you know, so you took that and you're like, I don't know what a Navy SEAL is, but I'm going to do it. So, okay, yeah. cool. And then you're like, I'm going to do CrossFit. And, but not only am I going to do CrossFit, I'm going to do it to the point where everyone knows who the fuck I am. And I am CrossFit. When you see this mustache and beard, you go, that is CrossFit. <laughs> and you know what that means. You can't, how don't you have a, do you have a shirt that is just your mustache? I do. I actually, I do. Yeah. It's, okay. I need uh, the shirt. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a rogue, rogue fitness sells it. And it's, uh, yeah. What? Yes. Good. I'm so glad. I did not know about this, but I'm really excited because I'm going to get one. <laughs> I have to have just the mustache, but I'm going to. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very apparent. Yeah. It's, uh... Yeah. And then I'm going to take a piece of tape and it says, I am CrossFit. I'm going to go is. with you for Halloween. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Oh God. Now you're fucked because you're going to get a photo and you're going to be like, I went on this show this one time and this psychopath <laughs> just no. took it to a new level. I've gotten, the, I've gotten, a, I've gotten a few of those. Like I don't get a lot of them, but yeah, I've gotten a few people uh, doing the Josh Bridges for Halloween. So it's a, it's a, it's, it's really crazy. It's a crazy world. I never imagined um, that would ever happen. Right. Because I, like I said, I started doing CrossFit before it was a thing before it was a sport. And then, you know, the, the facial hair was literally like every other guy that gets out of the military, I'm going to grow my facial hair out and grow my hair <laughs> out. And the, I went to one of my sponsors with it and everyone was like, just kind of laughing. And they're like, let's make a shirt of that. And it like just took off and it's crazy. And I feel yeah. really bad that I don't know about this shirt. Like I feel no, like such an idiot now. No, no, it's not. Damn if you don't know, it. well, you said you're not a CrossFitter anyway. So how would you, you know, I would, um, if I can get somebody to fix my shoulder, I'll give it a hard go. I love competition yeah. and I just got into velodrome racing oh, there's a velodrome actually right up the road from me i just so i just moved to denver okay um, erie area which is like north denver uh, oh it's actually boulder county okay. um and there's a velodrome literally like two minutes from my house i was outside which yeah. i always thought they were indoor kind of most are um yeah, this is straight up outside outdoors that shit's legit that's yeah, hard yeah okay How, and so what are i don't understand what's what's a sport called what's the sport track called? track racing track i think biking? it's called i think it's called yeah like track racing or in the olympics i think they call it that that's a good question i'll look it up and text you after but you got into this huh i got into this because yeah. okay so <laughs> i'm i'm such a horrible person ready <laughs> so i when i used to fight in taekwondo and that's a whole thing and i got to a really high level and I, my goal always as an athlete was the Olympics. I think when you're competitive in something and you, you do well at it, I think that's always the epitome for, for certain activity or certain sport. I mean, it's simpler. It's, it's similar it's with more for people with certain mindsets, but yes. Yeah. I guess goal oriented mindset is yeah. more of what I'm thinking. Cause when I think of other sport, like my husband, who's a professional supercross racer, when you start racing, your goal is always to be, you know, how far, what's the epitome of that. So mm -hmm. supercross is you know, getting on a team and X games is winning a gold medal at the X games, you know, for something along those lines. So yeah. I always had that vision. And then a friend of mine, her husband was a professional road racer and he, and he raced track and indoors and um, he got back into it again. 
after overcoming some really crazy stuff. And so he's like, I'm going to get back into it. And we went and watched him. And I was like, oh, no, because <laughs> I live in Vancouver and it's cold and yeah. I don't I don't road ride in the winter. OK, I'm a princess. <laughs> Someone doesn't like the cold. Weird. Listen, shocker. Who does? Not, very know, many people, not, not too many people are like huge fans of it. But. I'll do like dips and plunges and I do like the ocean swims in the cold. I do the connect. Like I do it. I'll do it. I don't want to do it going 50 kilometers an hour in the pouring rain in Vancouver. Just don't yeah. feel like getting hit by a car and all of that. My point is <laughs> I decided to go indoors and I went for the first time and now I'm like, oh, I want to compete in this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a problem. <laughs> And it's what's what's funny is like I think short people who are competitive always find the right sport, right? Like they know, like, hey, I'm not going anywhere in basketball, but no. but let's find wrestling or taekwondo or, or rugby. I, or rug yeah, I played rugby. I actually played rugby for like five years. Same. Isn't it yeah. fun? What position oh, did awesome. you play? What do you think I played? I'm five five and I'm oh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say scrum half or fly or yeah, yeah or eight winger yeah wing. oh okay you're far 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 out with your sprinter <laughs> yeah, right. you, you can run right. so right you're right. back for sure yeah no that's a that's a good time too when did you play rugby i played rugby right prior to joining the military so um like oh three to oh seven 2003 to 2007 i played in a it was like a a men's league in st louis missouri that's where i'm from originally um we were called the hornets and so yeah we, it was fun it was a really good time and you know, a lot of good dudes there too. Met a lot of good dudes on that team. That was fun, fun sport. Something about uh, the sports and the activities in life that require aggression. Yes, yes. Air seem to bring aggression. I love. Yeah, it. and they they seem to bring like, in my opinion, like the best people. Yeah, they do. I think quality it, humans. It takes a it takes a certain mindset to be able to be aggressive when you need to be aggressive, and then be able to not be aggressive when you shouldn't be aggressive, you know? And I think that's, uh, and, and that was some of my favorite moments in the military, seeing that with some of my, you know, best buddies, right? Like, like these guys were some of the nicest guy, human beings you'd ever meet. But if you did something that it <laughs> didn't, that caused aggression, you saw it. And it was, uh, it was a cool switch to see on, be turned on and off like that. And that was, it was like the instructors and buds, right? They'd be, complete assholes to you for a second turn around you see them laughing and cooking and joking with their buddies you're like okay I like this like I like I like that mindset yeah you can you can have that switch and it's okay to have that switch it's about yeah. making sure that switch doesn't stay on one way or the other yes very very true exactly especially when you're getting out of the service <clears throat> there's that there's look at that face <laughs> yeah 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 that's true I I know what you mean for sure. Yeah. Um, so for you, it, you have two kids. So does that mean that you were married when you were in, when you're in the military? Yes. Uh, I got married in my first, uh, year of the military, um, was with the, my, you know, that my wife, she's now my ex-wife, um, for since day one of college. So I went to college. I only went to college for a year, um, to school. I went right out of high school to a, a local school and wrestled there and, met her literally like day one and um 
you know, we were together and then we decided, I decided to join the military and we got married and then had our two kids. And yeah. And then just, uh, in 2012, 13, uh, we decided to separate and then, uh, yeah, got divorced. So you got the, the only, I'm assuming there was, did you have a DUI somewhere in there? No, Any? no, no DUIs. Okay. No, okay, uh, which so is, we... which, which is not only crazy because of the military, but like, <laughs> I felt like St. Louis too. I felt like every one of my buddies had a DUI growing up and I was like, yeah, I can't do this. I, I, there were times where I was not good and I could have, but, uh, I got, got lucky. lucky. I got lucky. <laughs> I not, not, not that I got lucky that I didn't get caught. I got lucky that I didn't hurt anybody. Because I right. definitely look back, I look back on it now as an, uh, as an adult with children and I just realized how stupid it was, but there also wasn't things like Uber and Lyft like there is now, which is crazy and amazing. And if I feel like now, if you get a DUI, you're just, you're just a straight asshole. Not that you weren't an asshole it's prior, <laughs> but man, it's so, it's so much easier now and it's cheap. It's crazy. Yeah. There's like, no excuses anymore. Yeah. Like back in the day, calling a cab, that was like the biggest ordeal or, you know, like, yeah. It was nuts. So, and you had to have cash and it was weird. Yeah. Like all this, it was weird. (laughs) It was weird, man. (laughs) You couldn't just tap your phone on something and pay with pay shit. Yeah. You know, know, isn't that wild? Like, I mean, it's not that it's, it's, it's not that we all didn't, you know, as the progression of technology went along, we didn't all see those types of things coming, but it is funny when you look back at it. I mean, standing outside, I remember standing outside of a bar going, we all need to taxi and there's a whole lineup of people that are all trying to call for a taxi yeah. and it's like 45 minutes of waiting and like no one ever shows up and people are stealing each other's tax it's a whole thing like yeah not that long ago and so now you're no you're you're absolutely right if you <clears throat> drink and drive or you do things you shouldn't be doing when you're driving you have you have no excuse you deserve to be caught yeah you deserve it and, and you also yeah and you also start to just think about like the other people you're you know you're not so selfish i guess is it like so you know like every, everything's not like oh it's not just about me you understand uh, or you because you've now you've heard or you've learned the learned the hard way and you've seen you know people's families be torn apart because somebody you know either hit someone drinking and driving and killed someone or or they're part of that family you know that or someone's family happened to them you know so it's just yeah it's, it's uh you know you just you get older and you get a little bit wiser not that i'm yeah wise, there's yeah wiser. i mean Oh, you get wiser. Wiser. Ah, you get wiser. Great. So there you go. That's what you need under the mustache on the shirt. Just wiser. (laughs) There it is. Perfect. No, I love that. That's fantastic. So you've got the kids. You've kind of got the dream. What's going on with what I'm seeing? I'm seeing on the website, you're doing training and you're, what is, what's the deal? Cause you know what that looks like to me? It looks like you're, you're making a mini fitness empire, my friend. So explain, <laughs> I feel like I'm seeing parts go together here and I'm like, oh, oh, I get what's happening. So uh, tell me about it. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it was none of this was ever anything I ever expected or tried to do. Um, you know, I got out and I decided to start selling uh, programming at, uh, at the initial start was um, how I trained to prepare for my time in the military. Right. I, I had to do a lot of research and I had to. Uh, look and understand okay like what am i getting myself into when it came to being a seal because i had no idea right like i didn't know anything about being a seal or what what it what it really even meant um, and how old sorry not to interrupt but how old were you when you actually went in so i went in t- so 2007 march of 2007 so i was 24 
23. I was probably 23 and I turned 24 that year. No, there, um, yeah. Cause the reason I ask is because it, I'm seeing a lot of people who are successfully transitioning out or dealing well with trauma are mm-hmm. often the people that joined the military a little bit later or the police force a little bit later. They weren't like me who was like, I'm 18. I need to go serve my country. I love it though. Hey, I, I, you know, to be honest, I wish I know that I wasn't in the right mindset when I was 18 years old to go serve the military. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have made it through buds, uh, maybe physically, but mentally I wouldn't have. Cause I didn't, I didn't handle like authority very well. I always was, I was a smart ass. I was the kid who nah. was, always got kicked out of class for talking back shit like that. But um, no, yeah, I did. I got lucky and uh, I grew up a little bit. I grew up a little early and I, at, uh, you know, 21, 22, I definitely felt like I was ready to, um, go hand. I think I, I thought I could handle the situation and I was able to be able to, to you know, to be yelled at and screamed at and <laughs> told what to do a lot. Berated. And, yeah, exactly. And so, um, yeah, I was, I was a little bit older and, uh, well, I'm sorry. What were we talking about before? No, that? it's okay. I was going to say, sorry that I interrupted you. I do that. I'm really bad for that. No, um, you're good. Yeah, you're good. Um, but no, we were, we were talking about, so yeah, you, you started selling programs as your way. Oh, you said you're right. doing research. Yeah. Yeah. So I did. My, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I remembered how hard it was to figure out kind of what I needed to prepare myself for going into the seals. Obviously, you know, you need to run and do pushups and pull-ups, right. Cause you're going to do a military style test. But I, um, you know, I felt very like, like buds physically wasn't the hardest thing I'd ever put my, put myself through. I actually thought college wrestling was harder physically than, um, than the, like my military training. I, it was just insane. And, the mental aspect of it was a lot different, right? Mentally, like this is a year training of where I'm going to, you know, drag my dick in the dirt and (laughs) get my ass kicked and um, all that kind of stuff. And so I I did a lot of research and I kind of read, read the books. I I was, I I was fortunate enough to, when I went in, there was a lot more out there. You know, there was a lot more knowledge out there. You just had to go seek it out. And, you know, since I started being in the public eye a little bit with CrossFit, I, I started to get a lot of messages about asking me like how I trained and how I prepared. I'm thinking about going into the military. I want to go be, go to buds and try, try to be a seal. How can I prepare? And I was like, well, shit, this is, I'm getting a lot of requests for this. So I decided to kind of make a template, make a format. And it's, um, it's not a one-off book. Cause I don't think it should be a one-off book because even as I'm 38 now, I'm still kind of growing as, uh, as in, in, I mean, fitness is constantly changing the evolution of it, but I, there is a, a baseline principle. And so I, I developed, you know, I, I made a template and it's, I still do it weekly. I still put out the workouts weekly. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just, but this is the format of how I prepared for my time as a seal. And so you can definitely go do that. And then we offer a program where if, if you want to be a competitive CrossFitter, um, this is, this is the format that I followed when, when I was at the, when I was going to the CrossFit games and competing and all that. And then we have some like other basic general, like GPP, like general purpose, physical fitness stuff. Um, so yeah. And, uh, you know, we have our, our little slogan, slogan, like pay the man or pay him, um, and that just kind of came from our time in the military, like my time in the military, when we'd hear that all the time, like, oh, you fucked up, you're going to pay the man. And I mm-hmm. kind of turned it, I kind of made it, started made it a play and where um, it wasn't more so like you're, you fucked up, but like you, you have to pay the man every day to keep your fitness, whatever it is, because you don't own your fitness, right? If you stop working out and stop taking care of yourself, you're not going to be fit anymore. 
so you know we started using the slogan pay pay the man or pay him and um people loved it and so i was wondering about that yeah so that's where that kind of came from and so now yeah you don't you don't own your fitness you don't own your health you don't own any of that you have to to keep at it every single day and 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 continue to to grow at it and you and do it or it's going to go away just like if you don't pay your rent right you're going to be evicted and so little play on words there and people love that and then we started i started good dudes coffee and yeah all the things so what's what's the deal with the coffee? How'd that come about? Was that something for you that you liked before? Yeah, so it was something that I fell in love with over uh I didn't start drinking coffee till I was uh, until I joined the military and I was on my first deployment and then I had to obviously for certain reasons you had to drink coffee because I Life. just need, needed to stay awake. <laughs> you need to stay alive. Yeah. Need to stay alive and awake. And I uh like anything like we talked about earlier, I get into everything uh, 100%, right? Like I'm like, "Oh, Whatever I'm doing, I'm going pro at it. I like, like let's, coffee. Let's fucking do this. So coffee. So I like coffee. Um, and so what happened was I was overseas and I was over, I was on my first second deployment and um in Iraq. And I'm like ordering these like coffee beans from these like whatever place it was. I don't even know. But <clears throat> I was so stupid at the time when it came to coffee. All I saw was this drop down, and it was like it had these different ones I could choose from. One said green next to it, and I didn't know what that meant, but it was the cheapest of the ones and so i was like okay i'm gonna order a bunch i'm gonna, I'm gonna get that one well like you know it gets to me in iraq however many weeks later and it's like 50 pounds of coffee and it's green green coffee so it's unroasted coffee beans so that's what green means green means unroasted. oh yes. that's why it's cheaper that's why it was cheaper exactly and so i was like well shit now i got all this coffee what do i do with it I was like, well, fuck it. I'll learn how to roast. What, it can't be that hard. Um, so I started, <laughs> so I sent literally like a little air roaster over to Iraq and my, I had a trailer. I know we, we were roughing it in Iraq and uh, I had a full trailer to myself with internet in it. And um, oh. I know it's a tough life. I know it was rough. I mean, but somebody had to do it. Someone. <laughs> and, it had to be the seals. Yeah. Right. So I, uh, I got a air roaster sent over and I started roasting coffee overseas in Iraq. That's literally how I, uh, I got into coffee. And I, I was like, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed the taste of it. I enjoyed playing around with it and you could change the, the flavor profiles by roasting it a little longer, or a little less and all that kind of stuff. And I had the, I, I, you know, I kind of had uh, some brand recognition. So we just, uh, we launched the company two years ago. And how's it going? It's going good. You know, it's not Black Rifle, but I know Evan and Evan's a great dude. And uh, we actually met with Evan prior to launching it and almost went through Black Rifle. I decided to go a different route. I just kind of wanted everything to be my own and like right. get it going. But uh, I love Black Rifle and I think those guys are awesome. I love what they do and what they support and the stuff they're putting out there. And, and like Evan was so cool. He like brought, brought us in and like showed us like everything back there and was very open and willing to help. Um, you know, and, and knowing that I was going to try to, you know, create my own go- coffee company. So it was really cool to see that. And uh, I appreciate those guys. And they're obviously crushing it. And, you know, it, we're doing okay. It's good. It's obviously business could always be better. But um, yeah, it's fun. And I enjoy it. And I, and uh, I like the whole process. It's just so different. It's back to the business world where for me, it was like, I want to lift weights as, as heavy as I can. I want to run as fast <laughs> as I can. And now I'm like, I got to sell stuff. This is weird and awkward. And like, I don't know. It's just different. Very different. It's a, it's a different duck, right? When you go from, from lifting heavy things and shooting at things to being like, yeah. I need you to have a 
conversation with me now. <laughs> right. About your why theories. should I buy your coffee? Or why, uh-huh. why, why, why should we carry your coffee? Well, exactly. let me tell you, pal, because I yeah. can lift that weight over there. How yeah. that? See that? I'll lift that fridge <laughs> and prove that I am so strong. Okay, but how does that help me with your coffee? Right. It just tastes better when it's made just strong. Just okay? listen to me. Just yes. take the coffee. I don't have to crush your head then. <laughs> right. It's fine. Like again, a little violence never hurt anybody, right? Nobody. Air on the side of aggression always. Right. And that's, but that's great. That's what I mean. That's fantastic to hear that people, that people are willing to have those conversations, even though there's a competitor aspect to it, because at the end of the day, there is room for everyone. And yeah. I believe that people that are doing and creating businesses that are doing it for the right reasons will always succeed and there'll always be different levels. And you can, I, and I believe this just from the limited interaction with you, but I feel like if you want that to be really big, I feel like you'll succeed at that with, you'll be fine. Again, you kind of have a track record, right? So I, I can't see why you would decide to fail now. <laughs> I mean, no pressure over here at all. all the I won't, I won't make fun of you for the rest of your life if you <laughs> fail at anything. Cause now, you know, I'm watching. And then my listeners are watching and they have a tendency to latch on to things I say and take them on as personal missions. I like it. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, I apologize in advance. I have definitely failed at many things in my life. I have, um, you know, been lucky enough to be resilient and be okay with failure and learning from it and growing and, and doing, going on and doing other things. So, I mean, like my time as a wrestler, I wasn't a great wrestler and I ended up quitting, right? I quit my, I remember I actually got to go speak to the Wyoming university of Wyoming's, uh, uh, student athlete body and the wrestling program. And one of the questions was, nice. was like, they're like, man, you, you talk about, you know, like never quitting all this stuff, like being a seal and all that. But like, what happened with wrestling? Like you only were, you only oh. wrestled for a year. And I was like, that's a great fucking question. I was like, <laughs> let me tell you what I was a fucking, I was weak and I quit and I gave, and I gave up on myself. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was cool that they asked the question and I actually got to like, tell them that like, yeah, like, not every you're not always going to be uh, great. You're not always going to win. You're going to fail. You're going to feel like a failure a lot of times, actually. And it's the people who are able to sit there and handle that and um, understand that it's not final because you failed at something that you actually can learn from it and grow from it and get better from it. You know, those are the type of people who are typically successful. Yeah. And it's that saying, if you, you know, you can fail a million times, as long as you keep getting back up, you're not really failing at anything now, are you? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. It's, cor- it's corny and cliches. It sounds, it's a hundred percent true. Yeah. It can be cliche till the cows come home. I don't really give a shit. I say ton of cliche shit, but doesn't mean it's not accurate. Please. <laughs> right. Fact. Please. Fact. I'm a woman. I'm always right. Don't we know this, Josh? <laughs> Obviously we know this. Duh. Well, I saying. know. I know. Right. And I know you had a hard time, so I'll, um, I'll kind of stop you there, but before we go and before you log off, can you tell everybody where they can find everything and really help support you and your mission and what you're doing? You've got coffee, you've got clothes, you've got training, give it all to me. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, you know, the, uh, my, my programming, my, if you want to, you know, military style workout or competitive CrossFitter, uh, it's josh bridges.com coffee is gooddudescoffee.com. Um, we have like six rows. They're all single origin coffees. Um, I'm a big coffee snob. Like I only drink certain types like I, and so we definitely have uh, something for everyone though. If you like bright, fruity, acidic coffee, we have that. If you like dark, super dark, uh, caramelized, you know, old school style, yeah, old school, like 
I like this burnt flavor of coffee. <laughs> um, we have that too. And so, yeah, we got some, we, it's a lot of cool stuff and it's a cool brand and we're just trying to do cool stuff and promote basically people going out and being uh, good human beings. And so um, really stoked on that, but yeah, gooddudescoffee.com. And then my Instagram is bridges J three. So yeah, that's, that's it. That's, that's, that's all the things. I, thank you so much for having me on. This has been so much fun. We definitely will have to do it again because I know we didn't get to a ton of stuff that, you know, that we could have talked about. So we'll do another one. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad. And you all heard it. So now, now you know what we do. We hold him to it and then we harass him till he says yes again. <laughs> That's part of the process of being on the Brass and Unity show. But um, I appreciate you. I appreciate the human you are and what you're doing kind of for the world because there are plenty of people that could be doing any job they want. They could be successful. You could have gone into CrossFit and done it just for you and never gone and, and spread that message. You could have just done coffee just for you. You could have done anything just for you, but instead you thought about other people outside of yourself. And I guess that's really what makes you a good dude, right? I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Cool. Well, no worries. Stick with me for a second here. And I guess we will see you all next week. <laughs>